Yes, it's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time to talk about ghosts with me, Kevin Eustace. Hello. Um, bit of a change in plan, because we're away. We're away for the next two Mondays. Can you believe it? A holiday, you cheeky rackscallion. Um, so what we're going to do, what you're going to hear today is you're going to hear the interview that I had done very recently with the wonderful guys over in Wexford. It's where my nan's from, you know, Div and Chinar. Um, The guys over at Monster Fuzz, Rob and Eamon. We had a wonderful chat, and I'm going to share it with you right now. Um, don't forget, if you're a Patreon, don't worry. If you've just signed up recently, your name will be sung when we return on that show. Yes, it will. So you're not going to miss out. And if you're not a Patreon, why aren't you? Head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And when you do, you will receive over 200 episodes over there. Binge yourself crazy. Why not? And you support the show as well in doing so. And we release two episodes each and every week. Now, our patrons, of course, are still getting two brand new episodes whilst we're away each and every week because the Patreons, you know what I mean? They get rewards. That's how it works. Now, you guys are still going to get a show. Of course you are. I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. And next week, we're going to be releasing one of our very early Patreon episodes for you to get a little bit of a taster. But right now, we're going to listen to the interview i done with the guys, those wonderful guys from Monster Fuzz. Go and check them out, seriously. Go and subscribe to Monster Fuzz. Rob and Eamon are two wonderful chaps. I had a really good time talking to them. We could have talked for hours, genuinely. But we only managed about an hour and a half. Still good, you know what I mean? But we could have went for days. So do go and check them out. They deserve lots of ears on their show. And yeah, this is the chat we had. Okay, guys, stay safe. Uh, lads, can we call ourselves the Sultans of Spook tonight? By any I chance? think so. Please. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Isn't that a good name, the Sultans of Spook? <laughs> it is now, yeah. Now you've said it. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I had a word phantom memory with this. Um, the I was taught this earlier, this name, Sultans of Spook. And when we were coming up for a podcast name, and you probably have a similar story, Kev, we were um, thinking for ages and ages about names and names and, and coming up. And I was fairly sure I had a memory that I, I thought of Sultan's a spook and it was already taken. <laughs> but I checked before we recorded and it isn't taken. So have that, listeners. Enjoy it. Hooray. Sultan's a spook is available, is it? It's available, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. Your, your mind is, is like, <laughs> your mind is faster and better than the other minds. <laughs> you look at that, look at that. There's three I mean, banjo players somewhere now going, I've got it, gents, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great name for a ghost podcast. Um, yeah. And we'll be talking a lot about ghosts today. So, And as well, the reason why is because we have good old Kev Eustace from We Need to Talk About Ghosts. How are you doing, Kev? Hello, I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and thanks for um, inviting me on, Chaps. It's a, it's a, it's a very big pleasure. Yeah, oh, thank man. you, man. Thank you. We got it. Like we said before, we started recording spooky stuff. We, we love, but mm. we don't talk about ghosts as much as we would want to. I don't think you can talk about ghosts enough, really. So yeah. it's got to have you on with the stories and stuff, you know. No, I get it. Though. I mean, it's also kind of like a nominative determinism thing as well. And if you've got a show called Monster Fuzz mm. and you start talking about ghosts, it's like if I started mm. talking about Bigfoot and we need to talk about ghosts. <laughs> People are like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. change it to we need to talk about ghosts slash Bigfoot, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that really should. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool if people started seeing the ghost of Bigfoot. You know, I could hey, get in like, where's ghost. the ghost? I know, and a lot of people get into that, um, he's not a physical entity. Yeah. There's like the biological Bigfoot guys and the the great war between them and the the uh, paranormal Bigfoot guys, which is always fun to watch. 
Yeah, I had um, I had an interview with um, the gent from Paratalk um, mm. podcast the other month, and um, part of that ramble, we went on down this rabbit hole where we talked about, I don't know how we got there, but we talked about perhaps, now this is one for the cryptids mm. out there, that perhaps Bigfoot is, um, he co- he's like a spiritual entity that only comes out at certain times of the year on certain sort of lunar eclipses or whatever else, ah. and that UFOs, are Bigfoot watchers, and you know, like when you say, there's a link between Bigfoot sightings and UFOs. Mm, the yeah. lights in the forest and everything. Exactly. Else, yeah. yeah, they were saying maybe the reason why there's always a correlation is because UFOs are just like uh, bird watchers for Bigfoot, and they know what his habitat is and when he comes out. So they mm. go and wait for Bigfoot to appear, and therefore you see both. And I was like, it's dead good, but we are slipping away from reality. Very. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And when when people who are like running monster slash ghost podcasts start to say <laughs> we're slipping away from reality, you know things are the brakes have come off. <laughs> well, word of voice is a reason, which seems to happen a little bit more lately as well. We're kind of like tempering expectations when stories come out and things like that. Do you find yourself doing that? Like, is because you probably get a lot of ghost stories and actually before we get into that i should ask what made you get into a ghost podcast because you know ghosts and cryptids aren't something that you really just get into straight away so was a did you have any particular reason yeah i mean well interest in the paranormal was being there you know that's been there since it was literally as far as i can remember like six mm. seven years old i was starting ghost clubs in junior school oh, um cool. So it's it's been a lifelong interest. It's not something where I've just thought, hey, this will make a few quid. Let's have a go. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. But then I got into podcasts uh, as well as, and I think, as I was saying before, listen to one called The Parapod, really good show. Loads of people will be aware of it. Um, and when that went off air, off air, it's like it's a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> when the wireless stopped working, I... Um, <laughs> I thought, you know what, I, I, I'm going to have a go trying to do like a bit of a, I want to do a, like, you know, serious ghost stories, but I have a com- comedy edge around it, similar to what you guys do mm-hmm. w- with the cryptid. Yeah. Subject. Um, and so, yeah, started that up. And, um, and uh, so that's why. At, at a young age then. So like, was there, what made you get into it so early? Was there any influences or was it, did you have any paranormal experiences yourself? Because um, myself well, and Eamon have had paranormal experiences, which maybe yeah. led us to get to somewhere like this. I don't know. Ooh. You can't just leave that there. <laughs> Sorts yeah. of carrots that. I mean, yeah. I can't fly, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we've had myself and Emin have both had like shallow people stories. We've yeah, talked about yeah. them on the pod, and, and like, um, mine were kind of a bit later on. Hmm. The was, I was probably about you know like nineteen twenty when I had mine. Emin did have them from a young age, so I think hmm. that's probably where we. Like it, it set us on the spook train, you know, yeah. To, yeah, to the yeah. destination that is monstrous. Um, yeah, definitely. While I didn't have the pleasure of forming my own ghost clubs in, in uh, primary <laughs> school, I, it's just that I didn't have the idea. That certainly seems like it'd be something I'd be into. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to try to try to draw comic books with a friend of mine. We thought we'd be like the next Marvel or whatever. So that was yeah. my my club. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, for me, I think my grandmother on my mam's side. Um, I think she likes an old spooky story and a bit of crack and all that sort of stuff. And from a young age then, you know, I don't know what it was, but I was drawn to that whole like, and I think maybe sometimes you have an inkling and it's not necessarily ghosts, you know, but you look at mm. the world around you and you kind of go, this doesn't make sense. There's got to be more shit than this. Like this, I don't think this is it, you yeah. know? And I think I had that feeling as a very young kid. And so then I was drawn to the idea of, you know, 
aliens and ghosts and monsters and things yeah. that aren't of this world. So that for me, and then again, yeah, I did. I've had a good few shadow people from maybe seven to eighteen. Lots of shadow people stuff. When some some Christ, that's was, a duration that though, isn't it? Eleven mm, years. Like. Yeah, but it was it was almost like um you know the movie It. He, he only shows yeah. up once every twenty seven <laughs> years. Mine had massive gaps between them. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, one like you know one of them you could say well that's what is it hypnagogic where you wake yeah. up and you kind of see someone and I'm totally behind that. But there's two of them where there was no sleep. And I just saw a shadow thing walk around the room. Now, I'd be the first to put my hand up and go, yes, I, I may be mental, but uh, <laughs> these are isolated events of hallucination, if that's the case. But yeah, and was it like a body, a body body shape, like a uh, human? Sort so, of so, yeah, yeah, both were human shapes. So the first, so, um, you know, I woke up one time and saw someone at the foot of the bed kind of a thing. Again, yeah. I've had loads of things like that, but I wouldn't go as, you know, I'd be, I'd concede and kind of go, yeah, that might just be half in, half out. You're sort of yeah. half asleep. Um, with the shadow people, one was I. I remember playing like you remember those giant Game Boys that you could probably kill someone with if you hit him in the head. So <laughs> yeah. I was playing that, um, and I was playing. Someone to give me a lend of some teenage turtles game on it. I was playing yeah. away. I was like seven or eight, and I I put it down. I got stuck and I put it down, and I was a young kid. I was just looking up at the light above my bed and kind of blinking. And you know the way when you blink, you see the after image of the light. Yeah, kind of behind like the retina burn sort of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I was just kind of playing with that, you know. Like I said, really young kid, and then I looked to my right, and it was like there was a full grow. There was like a full figure that was to to me made up of these retina burns. What? Um, and I just sort of jumped through it without thinking. Ran into my parents who were in the the sitting room watching TV, but something stopped me saying like I I didn't tell them. Right. I just opened the door and I was like, what are you watching? You know, I, I, I can't really remember what happened after that. Um, so that was, yeah, that was the first time. And it, it sort of, I don't know, maybe it was just because I was a kid. I didn't really think about it again after that. Um, and then the second one, I was like 18. Uh, at this time in my life, I was probably partial to the to the old Jamaican woodbine from time to time. So again, yeah. I know I know I wasn't at that at seven or eight, but, but at this time, you know, again, I'll concede. Um but I was, I was, I had like bunk beds. Um, I didn't have like anyone else that slept there. I just wanted them when I was a kid and my mom got them for right. me so I could like make forts or whatever. Um, but so I was 18 and right across from my bed, I had a closet that I used to keep open and I'd hang towels on each end of the door. And then inside the closet was like one of those old school um, LCD sound systems. So it had that, you know, the kind of the text that was in like neon that would just yeah. roll around like three CDs, radio, bass, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, I was kind of half asleep and just kind of looking at that um, or just maybe about to go asleep. But whatever, whatever the, the, the vibe was, I had my eyes open and I saw one of the towels kind of just like twitch or something or something weird happened with the towel on the left hand mm -hmm. side. And I kind of poked my head around and I figured, oh, maybe there's some moonlight because, you know, you close your curtains. There's that little V where the yeah. curtains meet. So there's this like a little bit of moonlight. And I was like, oh, that must have hit the towel in a weird way. Um, and so I tried to kind of torque my head around and kind of try to figure out what, you know, try to just understand why I thought it had moved. Didn't feel yeah. any sense of forebode or nervous or anything like that. And as I was doing it, just this like figure about six feet that was what I would call a shadow, I suppose. It doesn't remind me of the retina thing. But again, I'm mm. going way back 
to that. So it just walks out from the left-hand side of the darkness, and as it gets to the middle of the closet, it just disappears from the ground up, which is where, like, the, I suppose, the LCD was brightest, if you like, kind of a green light. Um, Now, that one, I proper weed a big stall over myself like that one I, I turned on every light in the room and i just sat there wagon like, wheel in the underpants yeah like just before the oh when i think of my mother doing the laundry but it was it was uh yeah that one that one scared the shit out of me and i was uh someone who was quite religious had like i had told them and then they told me it was the devil trying to get my soul Jeez, and then that scared me that out even that. more yeah and then so i was saying prayers on the phone to them one night hoping that i wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be devoured by the so yeah that was that was a spooky that was the spookiest one i think nice. christ yeah mm. that's amazing no i mean to be honest um i mean i'm bewildered by that because it's it's terrifying that you've seen it as a child but then the fact that you've seen it as like an, an adult man as well yeah that's yeah that's the now, thing that jarring like it's it's possible that i could have been 17 or 18 like i'm somewhere because i'm 37 now so it's mm. it's a while ago but i didn't realize um until i was in my first year of college so i would have been 19 say in the first year of college or just turning 19 do you remember a website called jk cinema way mm. back in the day no. and they used to have these so these used to have like f- five to 15 minutes spooky um sort of compilations if you like right. i remember me and rob looking at them like yeah. years later but i was in college and i used to always look at spooky stuff you know i didn't have internet at home or didn't have broadband so i'd always be looking at dumb spooky stuff because yeah. i was i was kind of into that but there was one it was a shadow in a car park and it was the first time since i'd seen that i was like oh shit that's the thing i saw like that's exactly the same as what i wow. saw and it's just this kind of human figure partially see-through and it just sort of you know evaporates from the the ground up if you like um but yeah jk cinema there's one on ghosts and you'll, you'll it's, it's it's all on youtube i'll have to have but a look one, so you know, you know, yeah gone. no one's just gonna say it's by like a red car it's one of the segments and you'll you'll sort of know it when you see it yeah but is that but but that thing that you see you seen but i'm intrigued in this because where you say that you've seen this thing by a red car and you said that's what i've seen like mm. has that particular video out of interest is it is it still disputed or has it been debunked or anything like uh, that or? i don't i don't actually know to be honest with you yeah. it looks like yeah. for me it looks as real as what i saw you yeah. know for sh- like again and that's only and even when i'm saying this i'm not like it was a ghost it was this or was that like i i in all honesty i don't know what it was it yeah. was just an experience i had and is it possible that you know you hallucinate for 10 seconds once over the course of your life or twice maybe you know like i'm not mm. i'm 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 willing to but is it but is it possible that you you'd hallucinate something that then shows up on a video that then show else? well this is it yeah that can be captured with a camera um yeah because yeah. this is the thing why it's intriguing for me because i watch similar to what you just said there but i like i still do it now obviously it's part of mm. what i call research it's just me sitting down having a, a ciggy and watching youtube really but yeah um so like you know like nukes top five and um bizarre yeah, ball yeah, and, uh, yeah. spooks as you know every couple of weeks they throw out like a compilation of 10 alleged paranormal things caught in the last couple of weeks mm. now i've been watching this since lockdown i found i found nukes top five during lockdown in 2020 and he'd already had about 50 videos out so i literally spent months watching every single video he's got mm. out mm. now interestingly and well he says himself but interestingly um there's this thing, and I, I've been talking to a lad that I used to work with about it only the other day. There's like this, there was this video from India, I think. It was like a video 
looking down what looked like a motorway in the middle of the day. And this almost, the best way to describe it, if I had to, to people who might know about certain sorts of deities and demons and stuff, would say it would would look as close to I would describe a wraith. Like, oh, um, yeah. like you know, if, if you imagine like uh, like a football in a black shroud being kicked through the air. Right. Mm. Like a, co- yeah. a black smoky comet sort of right. thing. Yeah. Um, and this thing shoots down the motorway um, towards this camera. And it was on one of Nuke's videos and it was in India. Anyway, about three months later, um, there's this footage from, I think, Colorado. And it's like a security cam outside a house. And Nuke said, keep an eye on the tree in this person's yard. The exact same sort of image, this wraith, like a black comet, comes flying through the air towards the Ooh. camera. And then again, about two months later, it was this thing was somewhere else in someone's house, but they were identical. And I've tried, but he's got so many bloody videos. Like, you know, yeah. he puts out 100 videos with 10 in each. There's a 1,000 videos. So, right, yeah, um, but so I've not been able to get any of these two together, any one image, but I know that mm. it's very interesting Like that these things... India, Colorado, somewhere else, you know, an identical thing. Yes, it could be just like an issue with digital cameras. It, I'm not saying it's some mm. dark lord mm. trying to yeah, take yeah. over the world, but it just it's such a terrifying coincidence. Yeah. It's, it's a mad yeah. thing because I think, like we've talked about, you know, liminal spaces lots of times in the, in, yeah. in the podcast, but I do sort of, I'm, I'm afraid to say I believe in anything, you know, but I, I mm. lean towards the idea that there's certain places where maybe have a concentrated energy. Like there was a cool thing that I, I saw about um ghosts before, about walking mm. through walls. And they yeah. were like, you know, some people say that ghosts are echoes of, it's it's actually not a ghost, if you like, a yeah. being, but it's an echo of what, like almost like a, uh, what would you say, a snapshot of the past. Yeah. You know? So That's when a ghost tape theory sort of idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, And so they, what they say is that, if you look at a ghost as it walks through a wall in certain places, like obviously the walls in these buildings have all been redone. You know, you've knocked yeah. this wall, you've put this wall in. So they're actually walking the the trail they would have walked regularly back in the day. And so that's why they'll go through walls and through solid objects yeah. and all this yeah. sort of you stuff. You've told me that before. I thought that was really cool. It kind of made It's sense. an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it gives it an extra... But it's likewise with the camera Sorry, thing, you're... Um, with the camera thing as well, you'd wonder, like, because I was only thinking about this earlier today, so it's funny that you kind of bring it up. Like, I wonder, will there ever be some sort of advancement in cameras that can pick up things that, like, we can't? Because there are, say, you know, you've got thermal vision cameras, you've got night vision cameras and stuff. Yeah. But I wonder, will they ever be able to figure out seeing things on a, on a sort of a, a level that we can't? And if they do... Will they be able to show things like these wraiths more? Will they be able to show more kind of mad stuff that we never even knew was around us, you know? Yeah. Like things like gases or any type of mad stuff like mm. that, you know? I think like one one thing that uh, I think you're right, and I always think that, you know, is technology going to get to a certain point where it'll start proving stuff like this? But there's, mm. a, there's one thing which I think is dead interesting. Like, I'm always into the latest, like, paranormal fad if you like yeah yeah you'll you'll have seen for example you'll have seen that um reality ripple effect on tiktok that allegedly and if you haven't it's it's a it's a um a filter on tiktok tiktok got boomer (laughs) over here (laughs) it's a filter on tiptoe that thing Uh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and uh, apparently if you it's one of these where it picks up movement or a human essence and if you move it around 
on you, you'll see all the ripples come off, but it will also pick things up if there's a ghost in your house and all this. Ah, but, right, and so yeah. all these, like, I'm always up to date on all this. Oh, this works, that works, the other yeah. way. What is a really interesting one that seems to come through more and more these days? And I've actually had a mate of mine who sent me the first, when I say the first one, the first one I was aware of, and then I Googled it a bit and found out this was, it's becoming a common thing, is um, he was basically doing up a house in and um oh where was it now dovecot which is a little area just out on the outskirts of liverpool right. now this particular area where the house was built oh they, sorry yeah where the house was mm. it was all a former prisoner of war camp during the second world war mm. and these houses were where the prisoners were kept mm. um and he'd bought one of these houses and was doing it up to sell on now basically he's 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 like a proper Scally's the wrong word, but he, he's a lad's lad. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but he knows that I do paranormal podcasting. Mm. Anyway, he says, like, send me a text, lad. Get on this. He said, um, his missus went to the house to do some plastering, and he sent her a message and said, send me a picture back of the plastering that you've got, that you've done even. Let me see where you're up to. So she took um, a live photo and didn't mm. know that she had and sent him this picture. Now, obviously, a live photo on the iPhone, um, it sends through a picture, but if you keep your finger on that image, it'll play like a two-second video. Okay. It, takes, it takes about, I don't know, it takes a few hundred photos or whatever, and it'll oh, run like yeah, a video. Oh, yeah, it's like a burst photo, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah, but, it, yeah. but if you keep your finger on it, it'll play like a small video, so right. you can stop it to get the ideal shot sort of thing, is the idea. Mm. Um, so she sends them through this video, um, which she thinks is a photo, but it's a live photo. Anyway, he plays it. He sent it to me. He said, look at this. So when you press play on it, it's a video, it's a photo which she thinks she's took, which she has, mm. of some plastering that she's done with a door frame within it. Uh, but if you keep your finger on the thing, so you watch the video, a black shadow runs past the doorway. Oh, um, but it's not on the photo. You have to press, keep your finger oh, on the, the photo bars. for that to play. Oh, and right. when, she sent that to him and he played it as a video and sent back to him and said, who's in the house with you? She was like, oh, no wow. one, why? And he went, get out now. Someone's no, in the house. Geez. He didn't think ghost. He thought there's lads in the house. Someone's yeah, having yeah, the yeah. tools. Um, but it turns out, and I think it's that interesting, it turns out that these live videos or these live photographs mm. seem to be picking up a lot in that. So when you look at the photo and it's live when you've got a photo, but when you press play on it and you get to like 1.8 ah, seconds in okay. is when a lot of things seem to be getting caught. And it ties into this idea that like they'll never show themselves you know, so you kind of mm. are you catching them unawares? You know, did you think the photos took or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, like it's... what I'm saying there as well. Like that, the, what you're saying about the the haunted areas and stuff. Like where I was born, well, yeah, where I was born was one of the haunted, most haunted places I've ever been in, and that was a former jail. Yeah. So it was actually built on our main street, and that yeah. was a jail where a lot of the Republican sort of prisoners would have been kept and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. And when i was young like i have a lot of memories of that place just being kind of weird and spooky and, and my brother is a toddler like he, he used to like hallucinate and stuff and that i was apparently my dad and mom used to tell me like they'd be freaked out by my brother because like it's like typical horror movie stuff where they'd go in and check on him he'd be crying but yeah. he'd be saying like there's spiders like spiders on the ceiling and stuff and there was nothing there mm. um but I have real spooky memories of that place. I just because I used to get up at night as a as a young lad. Like I must have only been about two, three, and mm. I'd walk around um, in, at night time. But I could I could just get really spooky vibes from that whole building. That was I never seen anything there myself, and probably I was too young to even process it. Had I have, mm. but yeah. 
always had weird vibes about that area. It was a very old historic part of town and there was a creepy feeling to it. Like the emotions had sucked into the walls and the Yeah, mm. something like that. You yeah. know what's sticking on sticking on to what Eamon was saying before about the um like, you know, the, the stone tape theory is what they call it. The idea that there's, there's I well the it's a very like sort of eighties theory and technically, but they reckon like, you know, when you've got a videotape and it's got iron in it, it says F E. 90 yeah, yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. the idea is there's iron and walls and therefore if you have a, a large enough or in stone and if you have a, a large enough emotional outburst it will imprint in that iron oh. within the walls and in the right environments and circumstances that image can replay itself oh. um but there's a really interesting one in terms of in terms of that same idea but how the essence of a ghost may may go over time somebody picked up on it uh, about five years ago in an article that i've seen and basically they'd went to this place in scotland where there was a historical ghost of this woman in this castle mm. and in the it was really interesting they found out from looking through all the different reports of the haunting in this castle that in the 1700s she was seen as a woman in red running down the battlements Ooh. in the 1780s she was seen as a woman in pink running down the uh -huh. battlements 1820s there was a silhouette of a woman and over time when it got to like the 1950s people were just smelling like a rose scent so it was like she oh, wow. over time oh. wore out yeah oh. yeah jeez that's really yeah I, I i hadn't heard it's funny when you said stone tape i thought you said stoned ape which is like when the, the, the apes ate mushrooms and got their brain i was like yeah i guess it's kind of like similar to that one like i'm oh, sorry I, I wasn't even aware of stone tape but my, my that's apologies cool. oh, that's a cool theory, it's really that. interesting yeah there's yeah, yeah, that yeah. thing about trauma imprinting on things and, and we've even mm. toyed with that idea on the podcast before like do items have memory do you know do certain yeah. things hold that trauma or whatever may happen yeah what um, is a pan panpsychism where everything yeah. or like any living thing has some level of consciousness so even a yeah, blade of grass yeah. yeah i mean it's whew, it, it's you can really like you know if you have a tenuous grasp on reality in the first place that stuff could totally drive you off the deep yeah, end yeah i tell you, you know? what if you have a tenuous grasp on reality or if you did partake in a jamaican cigarette you'd be uh, <laughs> you'd be soon on your knees wouldn't you oh <laughs> stop I'm absolutely sorry. i think absolutely yeah i had a, a fairly weird experience but i think i've mentioned on the pod before um this was one that was kind of so, well, it was definitely, if it was anything, it would definitely be ghost-based, but um, I had an auntie that was sick, and she, she did pass away, but she passed away in the house that we were in, and for that first Christmas, we spent it with my granny and granddad, you know, her parents, and we were in the house, and, and it was the full family, so we were very rarely all together for Christmas, like it wasn't really a thing we all often did. Yeah. And we were sitting around the table and, and we were talking about her. This was about 10 years ago, maybe. And we were mm. just talking about her, kind of reminiscing, having to laugh at the dinner table. And when my granny mentioned her, there was a balloon that popped across the room as soon as she mentioned wow. her name. Yeah. And that was pretty weird. Obviously, you can kind of put that down to just like, oh, it's total coincidence or whatever. But it was the timing that for me made it just so bizarre. I was like, geez. And she did she did pass away in that very house as well. So it, it kind yeah. of made it a bit more spooky for sure. That is good. It's uh, I mean, to be honest, there's, it, it, there's all these little interesting little like facets and and um, branches off the, the genuine, like, you know, the, the idea of the paranormal in terms of mm. ghosts and stuff like that. And one of them you've kind of touched on there is um, it's this idea or a train of thought called um, a jute or a jot. Right. And it stands for just one of those things. 
Uh, and this mm. um, woman whose name evades me, sadly, but um, she wrote a book on this. And it, the idea of it was that there's a num- there will be a number of paranormal experiences that people have in their lives. But because they're not surrounded by additional paranormal experiences, mm. we put it down to just one of those things. Ah, um, and you never yeah. give it the, the the credit it deserves as a paranormal experience. Mm. Like to use an example in point, my brother-in-law, um, not a believer in ghosts, or a complete skeptic. Mm. He was a bin man at the time and he was st- mm. living in my dad's with me and my sister. And um, he comes up, up to me, I was upstairs and he comes up to me out of his bedroom that he shared with my sister. And he says, put your hand on my chest. And I was like, well, this is King Keeper. <laughs> um, so I, I do. And his heart's racing. And he's a big lad. And he's oh. like, and he's smiling, like laughing, giggling. And he goes, come here. And like go into the bedroom with him. Um, and the cover is pulled back. That's all it is. The cover's pulled back to like halfway along the bed. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I meant to be looking at? And he said, I've just made this bed. He said, I turned around to put the last pillow on. And when I turned back around, the bed's like that. He oh. said, I haven't touched it. And yeah. it, like, you know, he didn't have anything like a sort of shadow. He had a bang. Yeah. It was just one of those things which he said, this has happened. I can't explain it. What is it? And he was laughing more than anything. Yeah. But mm. he, ne- he will never, if you say to him now, if you stopped him in the street, not that anyone would, but you know, if you stopped him in the street <laughs> and said, have you ever had a paranormal experience? He'd say no, because it wasn't surrounded mm. by something which give it a start, a middle and an end. Yeah, and it's an yeah. interesting thing how many times maybe people do experience it and don't realize you just kind of let it go yeah i've, I've got um an interesting one that my my girlfriend had and this is probably like one of my favorite ghost stories that a person that i know has told me you know yeah but uh she's brazilian so uh she lived in sao paulo and i think they had moved house fairly recently when she was a teenager but she was you know that age like somewhere between 16 and 18 so you're kind of going out till two in the morning or whatever yeah coming in whenever she was with her cousin and uh i think they her mom had been there to collect her but whatever gig they went to see they didn't start till later so her mom like drove off or whatever and she was like yeah well you know send the message to check up and she's like yeah it's a late gig so we won't be home till whenever um and or maybe there was no message her mom was just like you're on your own now bitch it was, it was something like that i can't remember but uh but basically so uh she's sort of with her cousin the gig is over it's very very late and she's kind of going all right i think it's up this way you know there's no buses anymore it's the middle of nowhere and it's kind of they're going through sort of kind of countryside brazil so big trees and just you know it's it's a it could be a bit dangerous potentially yeah trying to figure out how to get home and uh this van pulls in there's a guy driving the van and by this time it's like four in the morning and she goes oh yeah um he's like do you girls need a lift and she's like oh yeah great and so she's going to get on and her cousin is like grabbing her hand with all her might she's like what are you doing like this strange guy is giving us a lift and Powell's like no come on come on come on so they go into the van anyway and they drive to wherever they, they got to drive. She kind of gets her bearings, figures out where she's going. And uh, so the guy drops them off. And by now it's like half four or five, whatever. Uh, and as they're going, the guy just says, listen, you girls shouldn't ever do that again. You shouldn't ever get in a van with a guy you don't know because like really bad things could happen to you, you know? Mm. And now he's been very kind, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, yeah thank you so much to leave. And as soon as they close the door and he drives off, uh, her cousin just turns to like, what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? Like, he mm. could have killed us. And my girlfriend goes, well, no, because the woman and the baby were in the back. What? And my, my, uh, her cousin is like, what are you talking about? There was no woman and baby there. 
And oh, Paola's God. like, they were like, like, did you not see him? She smiled at us like, and she, you know, she seemed nice. And I knew like she's, oh, he's not going to be a killer if the woman and baby are in the back of the van. And, you know, so you, you think yeah. like, almost in that case, was something looking out, like, could something bad have happened if they hadn't have got in the van with that guy? Mm. You know, drunken guys out like driving by that see two young girls or what like shudder to think but uh just the fact that she could see that and her cousin didn't like and you know she tells it like she's told me i always make her tell people when i'm around like tell them (laughs) tell them your party story um but it's always exactly the same like you know beat for beat note for note like and you know it's 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 just a really i'm i think it's a great story no it really is it's that um it's that idea of kind of like a a warning sort of from beyond isn't it the um Mm. I know that when uh, where I used to work in Kirby, there was a girl who didn't again doesn't believe blah blah blah, um, which is it, it seems like a bit of a trope in truth when people say I don't believe, but you yeah, know, and then yeah. have a story yeah. exactly yeah. yeah. But she says that um, she swears blind on this story that she went to a medium, and the medium said, um, "Oh, listen, someone's coming through. Don't know who they are, but they're very impatient, and they're saying your daughter's going to buy a belt." She said, mm-hmm. and it's. It, you're not going to like it, but it's not down to you. It's important that you let her buy this belt. Mm. Um, it's very important about this belt. That's all I can tell you, blah, blah, blah. So she's thinking, all right, it, maybe it's a message of like, you know, be, let her have more independence and all this, carry on. Anyway, this is like during the, the 90s and she goes into the market, into Kirby Market, and the, one of the stalls is selling, you might not remember them, but there was a fashion back in the day of these, um, a company called Machino. And they sold these Machino belts that had the word Machino. Oh, yeah, Machino, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in gold letters. They're around. still a thing, yeah, Machino. Are they? Okay. Came back, yeah, they came back around there a while ago, yeah, oh, for sure. There yeah. you go. Well, anyway, this um, this girl says, I want that Machino belt. And the mum's like, it's dead chavy. Don't buy the Machino <laughs> yeah. belt. But she goes, no, I want it, I want it, I want it. So she gets it anyway. Anyway, long story short, she goes out into town. Fella drags her down an alleyway and... Um, is trying to get a belt off and can't figure out how to because oh, he doesn't know where to start or ends. Right. And she screams and screams and he, she scream, he's fiddling with it long enough and she's screaming long enough that he just stops and runs off. Oh, um, my God. And it's just one of them. You know, it, it, it could it all be coincidence? Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, it happens. It's yeah. tough for me. It's, it's isn't funny, it? yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's like, that's a... Yeah. Like if she's like she's gonna buy a belt and you're not gonna like it, but you should. That's, and then that's so, what I'm saying. like, what are the what's the probability of exactly, something like yeah. that happening? You know, that's what I'm saying. Because sometimes mediums are great, right? And you hear mm. something that someone tells you a medium story, and you're like, that's actually really good. Like that's mm. brilliant. And then you watch what me and you watched them in that time. Oh, we yeah. referenced it on the pod before. And what was the name of that show again? It was the near death experience. Like near death experience, and part of it was really like you know people are talking like really, really good, really yeah. um, compelling stories about near death experiences and blah blah. And then there's like a girl who I don't know sits in Episode a box. Episode two was the media. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's she, just not good. Mm, or she gets a high pitched voice and takes on the the name of Timmy. Who, <laughs> oh you know, God. For, it's Timmy, I'm here now. What can I help you with? <laughs> yeah, Remember, like there yeah. are no receipts. <laughs> you know, like it's... <laughs> yes. We seen what we we went we went away for my birthday in May and we went and uh, went stayed in a haunted room allegedly just like 16th nice, century that. place where someone was murdered. Why that seems like a fun thing to do, I don't know. But oh, it does sound fun. I did yeah, that. Exactly. Be yeah, for, that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there was a, a clairvoyance on at the same hotel, so we went we went down to see her and Christ, I, I wanted to leave halfway through because she was right. just playing Guess Who. Yeah, it was like um, who from this corner's got a John and five people stand up. Has he got yeah. glasses? Three sit down. You'll shrug it now. 
But mm. um, then one, but then I was like, I can't believe you're doing this. He says, she says to this girl, um, have you got a sister? She says, yeah. She says she's not happy in a relationship, is she? And she went, well, she's been married 30 years. She went, she won't be married much longer. And the girl's like, what? And she goes, yeah, fellas having an affair. And I was like, what? What yeah. is this? You can't do that. Especially and if you're if you're if you're spoofing, like yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And she was like, "What?" She, she went, um, "She went. Is your sister being ill recently?" And she went, "Yeah." And I thought, "Who hasn't? Everyone's had COVID." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, honestly, God. So how do you get away with it? I think you know what the thing is. I genuinely think some people out there do have a gift, but I mm. think the amount of people who call themselves psychic mm-hmm. is like if every person who ever played football, and I'm talking Sunday league, pub teams, mm. everything. Mm said i'm a professional footballer yeah, yeah and if you count all of them there's still only like a couple of neymar's messi's and ronaldo's yeah, yeah. who are actually that's you know, world i i agree totally yeah agree sensitivity totally to it and i think as well yeah. people from traumatic backgrounds can be quite sensitive to things too and, mm. and it can be quite intuitive and there's a difference mm. i think between that and, and being a psychic and maybe that's what happens some mm. of those people that maybe they feel a, a little bit sensitive to things or they're sensitive to other people which is a skill in and of itself of course oh, yeah. they well, might feel like right i'll get into it and that's where maybe the bit of the cold reading comes in yeah they use that intuition then to sort of yeah, I could I could sort of game it and things like that and kind of come up with come up with things as I go. Oh. Now I've heard I heard a recording and Andy of mine lost her son when he was very young. He was only it was my cousin, he was only about thirteen at the time when he died. And she was clearly grieving and so she decided to go to a medium. And now the medium actually recorded the whole thing and, and you could take this tape home with you and I actually listened back to the tape. Yeah. Um the tape was pretty accurate like mm. when i listened to it like i sat down i was about 18 so i sat down with a jamaican woodbine and i listened to it <laughs> and at the time i was like you know what um this is pretty convincing and i've heard some people tell me stories of like yeah they said this and then that happened and i'm like you know what yeah so you're probably right there's like degrees to it where there's probably people that are very, very good, and then there's maybe people who are just maybe a little bit sensitive to it, but just not as talented mm-hmm. as those people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And I've you al- get the impression that uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Kevin. No, 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 no. I, no. I was just going to say yes. Yeah, so, like sometimes there was people that I've met that I, someone I'm related to as well, that you know they're like, oh yeah, I, I see weird stuff and I can pick up on things, but they don't mm. capitalize on it. Do you know? Yeah, unless, unless the only way they capitalize on it is to like tell you for attention which you know it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to fit with the rest of their personality like you would imagine you would do that with everything not just this one thing you know um so yeah so a lot of people who don't like get any money from us who who seem to have some sort of a skill there yeah to be honest i remember watching do you remember um i think it was called equinox on bbc one it was like a was it called Equinox or oh, Pan- Panorama? It was something like that. It had a, yeah. a fancy name and it was like, a, they do one-off documentaries. Mm. Um, and they'd done one about psychics, going back mm. maybe about 20 years now. And I remember watching it with my partner at the time. He was a skeptic. And I was devastated when I was watching this because they had like, um, they had Colin Fry, who was like a TV psychic yeah. back in the day. I remember um, that guy, yeah. Yeah, and they had, uh, they had about four TV psychics and they were basically saying, is it all just a money-making scam? Mm. Or is there any legitimacy to it? And they got this couple from Scotland who'd sadly lost the son in a mo- motorbike accident. Mm. 
And they were like, you know, this, it was a genuine documentary, like, and they're like, you know, this woman and the, her husband, she's been going to mediums since he died, apparently. And, you know, oh, yeah. a devastating, heart-wrenching story because someone's yeah. just looking for a bit of fucking validation. Mm -hmm. And um, so these, she sits down with these mediums, sits down with Colin Fry, and, like, the documentarian fella says over the top of it, like, Colin charges upwards of £3,000 for a, an individual reading. <sighs> and they're doing it, and they're just showing you excerpts from it, but, like, he's like... And did he, did he like, did he play chess? And she's like, no. And he got nothing right. And she comes out and she's mortified. She's crestfallen. She's like, mm. none of it was right. They do, they repeat this process. So I'm like 80% of the way through the program. I'm mm. saying to my partner, they're all fucking charlatans. It's an absolute yeah. calmness. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, the saving grace right at the end, they say, however, we contacted the spiritualist church in Scotland and they've put us in touch with a barber. And, they, and mm. getting back to what you're saying about people who don't charge. Yeah. And um, they said, this barber, apparently, he, he's always busy with people getting their hair cut, but they really want to see if he can speak to the passed on relatives. And they say, we told him nothing about this. They go to his barber shop. You see him shutting up the shop. And then this man and woman come in, and he instantly goes, sit in the chair, my love. He goes, is it Stephen? She breaks down crying. He's like, it was, it was a motorbike accident, wasn't it? And, oh, you know, oh, just like goodness. nail on the head. Not like, did he have trouble with his legs? Yeah, yeah, no, not yeah. this bollocks. It was like right in. There's and I no remember thinking, oh, my God, that's a prime example there of someone who's got it. You know, mm. literally gift from God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it does. It does make you think as well, because we were talking about, you know, those cameras that see the, the sort of the black mm. fog or the wraiths or whatever. And, you know, there's people I sometimes think about people who have uh, maybe because of whatever way they're wired, like even say if you're colorblind, your yeah. perspective on what reality is a slightly altered to you know someone who sees the oh, spectrum yeah. of colors that we would say is normal or whatever um but you can imagine like i really do believe that there's you know things that are constantly happening around us and maybe it is that there's just some people you think about our shamanistic roots and when we were tribal and maybe more uh like we talked about a lot of older tribes uh mm. when they had you know cryptids or or uh sort of monsters that they would have believed in but they didn't yeah. really differentiate between folklore and reality for them there was like there wasn't a folklore it was all one and the same yeah. so i wonder have we just grown to a point where we're like we're just so advanced now and we're you know you get up you iron your shirt you have to go into the office for nine you have a, a, a presentation for 10 you're eat, drinking coffee at 11 you know it's just you're not yeah. you don't think about this stuff but I do think that maybe for some people there's remnants left of this this skill that some people had. And it's just, Definitely, you know, yeah. one in a thousand, one in a million, whatever it is, and you, you get it, you know? And it's strange because, we, we you know, we accept as fact that some people have synesthesia, I can never say it, synesthesia. Oh, synesthesia, yeah. yeah. You know, where they, they see sounds and they yeah. hear colours. Yeah, yeah. And now to anyone who doesn't have that, that's, it's not, not well, it's, it is nonsense, do you know what I mean? You can't, yeah. you can't hear yeah, you can't hear a colour. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they go, no, you can, you can. But mm. no one can actually perceive that. You know, we're taking mm, yeah. their words on it and saying, okay, so that's how you experience it, fair enough. But we can't prove that. Do you know what no, I mean? There's no... no it's no. just that again, it, because it's not somebody's not saying oh, and it's also me, dead Auntie Joan whispering in me. Then mm -hmm. we say, well, we can't. You know, that sounds like bollocks. To be fair, but I don't know what, yeah. why. It's all one person's point of view. One we accept, yeah. one we don't. And as well, yeah, there probably could be conditions as well. To if we're talking maybe ghosts, there could be conditions to why they appear or why the why mm. we see them at certain mm. times, or is there a certain reason like the shadow 
person that I've seen. Like I've talked about it on the podcast quite a bit before, but like it was with it was with someone, and and to be honest, f- from learning information later on i was like that's probably a dead relative and that was something that i put together it wasn't even something that me and her had talked about at the time and so but it made sense but i suppose kevin you've been kind of elusive on this one have you had any spooky uh experiences yourself like is there was there anything that led you into it you know because you were into from such a young age Mm. um was it something that you wanted to be around or was it something that sort of came to you um well to be honest it was my mother uh, my mother yeah. was it was into the paranormal she mm. okay she was very i mean my dad's completely not a skeptic but my mum right. was very much um you know oh, i don't like the sense in here one of those sorts of people mm-hmm. you know like i don't yeah. like the feel of this room that sort mm-hmm. of person um and she had a load of experiences and she'd happily tell me them as a five-year-old kid you know before you go to yeah. bed did they ever tell you about the time the rocking chair moved when i was babysitting <laughs> your uncle and i'm like no please do um and and she died sadly when I was like sixteen. And oh, um, sorry. And no, it's all right. You know, it's Christ is going back now. But oh. I don't know. It, was, it felt like our little bond. So it was then right, something that yeah. I kind of like carried on. But in terms of in terms of like um, me myself, the one story that that I always tell mm. uh, in terms of like an actual. It's interesting that because I know I know through how I retell the story what. Uh, an example of what a real story sounds like. And that sounds really um, patronizing and mm. and mm. grandiose to say. But what I mean is earlier when you were talking about your partners yeah. repeating the, mm. the Sao Paulo incident and you said, and each time it's verbatim the same story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's that's what I say about this story because mm. I can't I can't make it up. Do you know what I mean? I can't add to it. Totally, totally. Um, I, I, and I, I totally get that. Like, you know, sometimes you hear your buddy tell a story of a thing that happened in the pub. And he yeah. tells this, you know, multiple times. And by, you know, the 10th or 11th time he's told it, it's taken on a new slant <laughs> and there's new characters yeah. and there's more, you're in a different country and whatever. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, a dragon I know appeared you, and stuff. Exactly. Like Whereas with these ones, they're always, obviously, you know, that it's going to be a little bit different here and there in terms of the way they place the words, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, anyway, I was... Um... It was after my mother died. It was nothing to do with seeing her or anything like mm-hmm. that. I was uh, similar to see yourselves, guys. I, well, I had bunk beds anyway, mm-hmm. and, um, but I shared them with my brother. Uh, <laughs> he was older than me. I was 16 at the time, and um, my mate, who was a tarmacker, rung me from Wales. He was working on some stately home estate, and he said, um, I found a weird book here. You're into all that stuff. Do you want it? And I was like, you can't just take someone else's book. But he did. <laughs> anyway, so he, he turns up with this book uh, the next day, called the astral plane and how to get there oh. and i was like okay i've never heard of this before although i'm into spooky stuff i've never heard of astral projection mm. the astral plane yeah yeah so i read i was re- i looked at it read what it was meant to be oh you can come out of your body apparently this sounds mm. interesting all right so um i look at the index and miss all the other chapters out where it says like warnings dangers blah blah mm. one of the chapters just said how to get there i went right i'll start at that that seems like the most sensible <laughs> yeah. thing to do um and what it said to do was this visualization exercise where you, you ideally you put like a clock on a mantelpiece and you sit down and you look at the clock, you close your eyes, you try and visualize where the clock hand will be. You open your eyes, see if you're right. Repeat ah, that until you okay. get the clicking of the thing in sync with what you're visioning in your head. Mm. I didn't have anything like that. So I basically had an Artex ceiling and um, lay flat on me back on the top bunk about four in the afternoon, put Sergeant Pepper album on, on repeat. Nice. nice. And, um, and lay back and looking at this one spot in the Artex ceiling and closing my eyes and trying to visualize what's around that, the dots around it. Mm. Open my eyes, close my eyes, I'm repeating this anyway. Anyway, um, I fall asleep. 
And um, the next thing I know, my dad comes into the room. It's about half four. And um, he, he berates me, basically he goes, oh, you lazy bastard. You know, <laughs> don't be sleeping during the day. Come on, you need to get yourself a job. This is ridiculous. Let's get up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm laying on my back and I look at him and I go, all right, I'll get up now. Get out. So <laughs> he goes out the room. I shake my head and put my head back down on the pillow. And like that, um, I snap my fingers down for all those. In the <laughs> um, I'm sat up in bed, like inst- instantaneously sat up in bed. And I remember thinking, I can still feel me back on the mat. And before I could finish the thought, I was lying back down in bed, oh, but I couldn't wow. move. I couldn't move. I had, and then I was like, I can't move. I could move my eyes, but non, no part of me moved. Mm. And slowly I got pins and needles everywhere, head to toe. Like when you've got a dead arm and it's coming back to life, but my entire body was pins and needles and I could only move very slowly. And I managed to get down the ladder of this bloody bunk bed and I charged into the living room and was trying to explain what had just happened. And my dad being a skeptic didn't believe me. Mm. But, but then I didn't sleep for about three weeks after because it happened when I didn't expect it to. It happened when I was falling asleep. Mm. So every time I was about to fall asleep for nights after, then I'd jump because I think yeah. I don't want it to happen. And the weirdest yeah. thing ever is, and this is what's weirder about this is when people have said, what was it like then? What was it feel like sitting up in bed? If you were technically what I'm implying is me out of my body, the way that it felt, if I had to describe it, and this is getting weirdly into synthesis, which it didn't mean mm. to do mm. is either like the color green or like when you push down the screen on a calculator or, or oh, like when, yeah. you see, or yeah. when you see oil on a road, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know, like that sort of black rainbow. Slicky yeah, look, yeah. yeah, exactly. And the weird thing is when I've said to this to people now and again in a group of people, when I've said, and this is what it felt like, there's been a couple of times in groups when I've said this and somebody's put the hands to the mouth and turned around and said, when I've experienced, when they've had a paranormal experience, they've often described it as the same way. Right. Like to say it felt green or it felt like this ah, black wow. rainbow. And it's been a real, that's been the one weird sort of coincidence mm. throughout it. Well, it, it is funny because that, when you said the thing that struck me as you were talking, as I started thinking about um, uh, sleep paralysis and mm. the way the that people see the shadow yeah. people and the hat man and stuff, you know, they, they talk about that. And is it that they're, you know, are you getting into this other dimension? But even when you talked about pushing the LCD screen, so you see that little inky rainbow. Mm. Yeah. Because that's, that's what the shadow person i saw that it's reminiscent of that as uh, well okay. you know that kind of a thing yeah yeah so that's that's yeah that's pretty that's cool yeah that's yeah so crazy. the thing is with that i mean the, and like my partner still laughs about it now if I, when we're talking about ghosts or something if somebody ever says well was the person asleep she'll often pipe up like you were when you came out your body and i was like no <laughs> um but the thing is what really freaked really freaked me out about it you can imagine now i'm i know as i'm sat here now i know what happened and i know what i experienced i know that i wasn't asleep mm. and i've never had sleep paralysis prior or since yeah yeah so that sensation is alien to me yeah um but when i grabbed that book and, and this is why, like, as a 16 year old like me ass fell out of me kecks because <laughs> I, I picked up that book and it like the back of the book, it said other books by the same author. And it was like levitation, invisibility. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> you, you, you can get them man. skills. It could be like one of the X-Men or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. really cool. Maybe we need to track down them books. We can start <laughs> a new type of podcast where we can teach people the ways. It'd be like, uh, what's them, Professor X? <laughs> we could do that stuff. It'd be a good crack. Yeah, that's a crazy story, man. So yeah. that, that kind of... Obviously, you were already into the paranormal when that happened, yeah? yeah. So you were kind of yeah. like, 
all right, this is the first thing that I can really sink my teeth to there. That is kind of like what I'm reading about, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool, and then yeah. there was nothing like uh, other than that. I mean, I've had, I've had, you know, I've had a few like EVP sort of mm, things yeah. crop up. Like I used to, the best EVP that I've ever, ever caught. I, I, I can never have because of like data protection. Oh, okay. But, but um, I, um, I was, uh, I worked in, I've worked in call centers yeah. Before I went mm. full time podcasting, mm-hmm. and um, I was podcast working. training that is working. It really the is. Yeah. Talking to you <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, I've got no manager to pass people on to now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was doing a call monitoring thing on on mm-hmm. this woman called Jackie, lovely woman, yeah. and um, we were working on Orange mobile phones at the time. Oh yeah, that was the contract we we had, and so I'm monitor- I'm marking one of her calls that that's uh, that she's doing live somewhere else in the building. Mm. And um, I, I, I listened to it and she says, blah, blah, blah. So this woman says, she says, all right, I've got, she set up a mobile phone for this woman. And she says to the woman, um, if you want to go and get a pen and make a note to your mobile number. So she says, yes, one, bear with me one minute, love. So she, you hear the, the answer go on the side mm. and off she trots. And then you hear as clear as day in a gruff voice, Judas. Oh, right. The word Judas growled. And then oh. you hear Jackie clear her throat. So I, I stand up and I'm like, where's Jackie? And like, she's over there. So I went, when she finished that call, tell her to come over here. Mm. So she bounces over happiest day. And I'm like, I said, did you say anything when she went to the other thing? She was like, no, why? And put these headphones on. And her face went white when she went, that, I never heard that. She went, that wasn't on the call. It was Ooh, terrifying. Judas nice. growled. <laughs> Oh my god! Especially yeah. of all the things to say, like, exactly. that Judas is one of those words where you're like, I don't want to hear that from a a disembodied like no. Thanks. Yeah, it was weird that she didn't hear it as well on the call. I don't know why I would have, and it was picked up on the recording as well. We ended oh. up with like a, a de- about ten people around the desk and us passing the headset around. Going, Listen mm. to that. Yeah, Pass yeah. On. We had it's funny actually you say that. Speaking of working in call centers, I'm the same. Did you know? Unfortunately, I am now the guy that the call gets passed to <laughs> when you're in the call center, which is uh, a maddening experience. But uh, it's look, it's 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 not as bad probably as taking so many a day, which I've also done plenty yeah, of. Yeah. Um, but we had one we used to do in the previous job. We used to do ATM contracts, right? So the Bank of Ireland, mm. we had all the ATMs, and we had this place called Bruff. It's like a kind of a rural Irish sort of town. You yeah. know, so it's probably one of those one of the only um lodgement and withdrawal devices in the in that area, you know, would have been a small yeah. kind of a town. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, we have like the basically if you want to turn off the home machine, you have to hit the rocker switch, you know? And mm. it's like we're always saying don't hit the rocker switch because like you're gonna mess with the all the electronics, all the, the, the stuff that keeps the data within the machine. Yeah. And your one is like, No, no, the rocker switch, it just keep it's it's gone off. And I was like, all right. And I was like, but so what? Like, was Because uh, you have to lift the front. Like, you can't just press it. You have to open, yeah. like, three different doors. And uh, she was like, no, every night, like, it just goes off by itself. And I was like, no, it can't. Oh. I was like, that's impossible. And we spent, we looked, because we, we were all able to read these journals, you know, where the machine, like, tells you what's going on. Yeah. The, the rocker switch used to go off at the same time every night. Like, there was no timer. There is no timer to make the rocker switch go off. You have to manually press it, you know? And we were like, all right, well, yeah. is it defective? You know, do you need, like, do, do we put in a new one? 
and we put in a new i think the same thing was happening it was just going off and the technicians couldn't understand why but this thing was just turning itself off behind all the stuff that you have to open to turn it off and it became so popular that we started to call it ghost brufters (laughs) 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 but yeah it was hilarious (laughs) that's a classic so okay let's call the listener stories if you had a listener story sometimes we'll get a listener story that makes our arsehole pucker and our legs go numb have yeah. you had any like that where you're like shit this one's good because sometimes you get them and you know maybe it's not it doesn't have the full context or something so maybe mm. it, it doesn't get it but sometimes we've had some really really good ones uh is there any that like really stick with you and spook you or stay in your psyche to this day where you kind of think about them on the daily you know yeah, well, not necessarily on the daily, but one when somebody says to me that exact question, there's two that spring up over the mm. like four years that I've done the show for. Um, one it, regarding a tulpa. Oh yeah, oh, and I don't yeah. like tulpas anyway because mm. of the very mm. definition. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. The, This one was was like mortifyingly terrifying. I can't even remember the ins and outs of it. I just remember what I visioned in my head when I've read the story, and that's what I now see when I think of it, which was kind of like a hollowed out. Um, hollowed out face you know like the the eyes eaten away the jaw distended mm-hmm. and it like and it would just walk a few inches behind you and mm-hmm. you'd see oh, it in mirrors Jesus. and stuff all oh, this carry on and literally because it the, it was given with the caveat of and it's a tulpa i was like great so the more i think of it the more it's going to appear nice oh, <laughs> oh my god um so that one was horrible there's that also sounds terrifying was that what they yeah. did they create that thought form themselves or did someone else or how what well, i mean well, if it's no. not too long how did that work I think the gen the general consensus of it is so. The, obviously, the tulpas allegedly um, were a Buddhist idea, and the, yeah, yeah, you know, the thought form coming to life, sort of thing. Yeah, the the way the story was presented was that this little girl had an invisible friend, and the mother used to perpetuate the as opposed to saying, "Don't be stupid, you haven't got an invisible friend." Oh, the mother yeah. would give it a backstory and like egg it on and set a place at the table for it. Um, and then it was the mother who sent the story in and said, I stupidly shouldn't have done this because age seven, she would still refer to this thing. Age nine, she was drawing pictures of it. Um, you know, by age 14, she would turn into a bit of a goth and was saying like me and whatever the thing's uh, name was, she was calling her in the room, you can't come in. Um, and it basically Robert she Smith. was... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me and Robert Smith that... are still not the same. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so it's just, you know, it's... Um, yeah, it was just one... I, I, I genuinely, the first time I heard a, a Tulpa Ghost story, it bothered me for about three months. Mm. Like literally, anytime it comes to my brain, I couldn't get it out. Yeah, well, um, yeah. I've got the remedy for the tulpa for you. Go on. We have the, the Santa Claus fallacy. Oh yeah. Um, so on. Rob Rob's very good anti-tulpa theory. Yeah, yeah. It's Go on. I like this. It's basically that everyone believes. Well, at, at one point in time, most kids, like at least in the West, all believe in Santa Claus, right? But yeah. Right, right, we ain't, none of us adults are seeing Santa Claus, right? So it must be, you know, that that's the full tulpa power. There, you're never going to get more tulpa power. Like that's as many yeah. people as you can think of possibly are all trying to imagine and they want it i wanted santa to come down my chimney with that n64 <laughs> and hand me golden eye personally i was wanting that i was wanting him to come down with pokemon and a game boy never happened 
I just think that with the Tulpa thing, that was the first thing that jumped into my mind. I was like, is there anything that everyone does believe at yeah. some point? And we mm. never, and we don't have concrete evidence for it, other than them really go to Coca-Cola ads, of course. But <laughs> that is the that is probably, for me, the, the, the best theory against them. Obviously, it's not like I disbelieve any Tulpa story as a result. But no, but it's, I know what you mean. It's a, it's a really good shout. I kind of use a similar argument in, in uh, as a theory about religion now. I mean, mm. I'm Roman Catholic, but like, mm. I, I think, you know, I'm also smart enough Roman Catholic to know there was a, the Council of Nicaea and Christ's divinity was voted upon, you know, yeah, yeah, as yeah. opposed to him being a genuine divine creature. But at the same time, if tulpas exist, if you go down or even think for a minute that they may exist, I'm of the opinion that, or of a theory that exists that maybe there was never a God he was voted upon. But mm. because there's now billions and billions of people praying to that God and fearing the devil, that we've created them we've cre- yeah. yeah yeah like you almost retcon your own existence yeah. like and yeah, when you think yeah. that the really weird thing as well and again i'm talking as a complete ignoramus here because i don't <laughs> yeah. understand quantum physics but when you talk about like some of the ideas of quantum physics that everything exists until it's looked at and then it sort of freezes and yeah. i know there's other people say well it's not actually like that it's to do with the instruments that are used to measure it but it does seem like there's a quantum physics are what, what was it einstein called it they're um, spooky spooky spoo- action at a distance spooky action at a distance that's it and it does almost like it allows you almost to go yeah well all this crazy stuff that you know people have theorized or these stories that are bananas it's it's according to this thing that we know sort of underlies newtonian physics it seems like it might be possible yeah which is and kind I think- of terrifying there's, there's, that's the thing with it as well as that I've seen physicists. So I watch a couple of things on quantum physics. You know, mm. I know the very, like, very, very, like, headline part. Yeah, like about the wave it. experiments. Exactly. And all. Yeah, yeah, the exactly, double slit yeah. experiments and all yeah, that carry yeah. on. But I've seen like a really good argument with the physicist, and he was basically saying, you know, like, like what you've just said there. The argument is it's nothing to do with the act of observation mm. collapses the wave function and all that. They were saying the act of, it, it's the, the instruments measured will move the object. So you can't know its location or its yeah, speed at yeah. the same time and all that carry on. But they were saying, so therefore when people start talking about the paranormal and saying quantum physics could have something to do with it, he said, that's all nonsense. But then interestingly, the same guy was saying, however, quantum physics might show us that alternate dimensions exist. Yeah. Because of how yeah. the particles can pop in and out of existence is almost like they can only do that if they're actually in another, you know, another version of this or another dimension. Yeah, and and so, the, the the basis of ghouls and ghosts are that they are in some sort of dimension that's rubbing exactly. against ours. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the thing. It might in inadvertently by saying it's not to do with the paranormal. There are other arguments about, but dimensions exist. Well, if mm. if. And, and then this is, again, this is going off the, the headline part of physics. So people will be listening to this <laughs> yeah. who know what they're on about and be like, no, you tit, it's not like that. But like, you know, if a particle can pop into existence and then back out again, well, why can't a shadow figure or why can't, mm. you know, I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it would see like for me, and I think I've said this a few times in the podcast, but for me, it's like there's loads of ghost stories, right? And there's probably loads of either ghost stories that people knowingly make up or unknowingly perpetuate and they tell and they think it happened but it's actually you know it's a misidentification of something yeah but the amount of bigfoot ufo ghost stories whatever it is man all it takes is for one of those of Mm. the millions to be real 
and it changes anything everything and certainly from when i hear a lot of these people talk about these things again whether it's bigfoot ufos aliens that you know the big three um yeah like you know i'm not going to say that i have this awesome anti-bullshit detector no nothing like that but these people sound genuine a lot of the time to my ears yeah you know so and like i said all it takes is for one to actually be real and Mm -hmm. that's really changed everything I mean, well, that's exactly what you ju- what you've said there as well. Like, it's it's now, isn't it, that we've got the the Pentagon coming out and saying there are things in the sky we don't mm. know what they are. I mean, yeah. that's like a government's coming out and saying there are things in the sky and we don't know what they are. We don't know what propels them. We don't know where they're from, and we don't know what their intentions are. They're coming out and saying that as fact now. Mm. So, I mean, twenty years ago, that was so far out that unbelievable that that would even ever happen yeah. that a government would come out and say that yeah like you were you were like half a basket case if you were talking about aliens 20 well yeah. maybe not 20 i suppose x files maybe 20 yeah. years yeah, yeah. Uh, 20 years for me is like 1980 you know which i know is like <laughs> yeah, 40 years here, ago yeah. um, <laughs> but uh but yeah no for sure and even with that like one of the things that's interesting is you're kind of thinking oh well maybe it's china or it's russia you know i think one thing that it showed us is that obviously no i don't want to get political but that whole the the ukraine and the russian thing like they've kind of shown that all right well they don't have these ridiculous weapons that you know yeah. if they're having trouble taking over a city good point it, yeah. you know so china or america someone else has said a lot of these things are seen near naval bases so maybe it's america's own weird stuff uh or it's just i mean there's always been sightings and reports of aliens that are near nuclear technology or military base almost as if they're looking at us like to your point you have the guys who are looking at bigfoot yeah yeah. oh look it's you know it's like the david attenborough and then there's the (laughs) other team that are looking at the military going let's make sure these guys don't blow themselves up this week you know let's just keep an eye on them yeah because wasn't there was that was i don't know i think it was russia wasn't it where they they turned off and back on a number of nukes yes Mm. yes all this stuff about the yeah they they uh, and i'm I'm probably butchering this but it was something to do like they the the one person described as they shot lasers like the yes ufos yeah yeah, and dispowered all all the things which is i don't know man it's uh if if that's what they're doing and they're helping us not kill ourselves and i'm i'm all for it you know more uaps no problem yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always gone with it. I know it's a, it's a time old parody trope, but I always go with the the. I do like the idea that it could be time travelers from the future, or yeah, you know, mm-hmm. unmanned dro- drones of some sort. But um, yeah, I like time travelers. I like the idea of a human species not from Earth. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, either we're descendants of them, they pull yeah. us here deliberately, we're offshoots of them somehow. I like all of those theories. I think they're yeah, really yeah. cool. I, I um, really like that one. That's the I think that one where the alien it's like a uh, what would you say butterfly effect type thing where yeah, we're yeah. we're you know Neanderthal, but in order for them to make themselves, they have to go back and splice our genes to make the human alien hybrid to make themselves so they don't exist. <laughs> Though, so they exist in the future, yeah. but then they have to go into the past to make the future so that it's yeah. like some sort of X-Men stuff or whatever, yeah. Amazing. Where'd you um, stand on the, the simulation theory? Oh, Oof. yeah. Oof. Um, we've done we've done two. Yeah. Two, two okay. harder. Uh, sort of, mm. yeah, we did glitches in the Matrix were tied in with the, the simulation theory. Um, mm. We did two. I think they were two of our longest episodes, were they? The glitches yeah. in the Matrix were separate, weren't they? And then simulation theory. And was simulation. A- yeah, and then I had done 
with those conspiracy guys like a five or six hour simulation theory yeah so. and <laughs> I, and like i don't know if you've ever listened to that podcast but like the recording yeah. edited comes out as like six or seven hours when you're actually recording it you're there for a day god you know? man when you're talking about that stuff for a day like your brain just starts to boil and God, I used to work away. in Guantanamo Bay, you see, he used to get to the little Iraqi <laughs> yeah. lads and he'd sit them down yeah. and talk about He has like the Barney Bay. music playing over the speakers <laughs> while he's talking to you about simulation theory, just freaking out. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's one, the way I land on it is I, I think no matter what this is, this experience, I think it's some sort of simulation. I just don't know if it's AI. Yeah. I think, I think that because technology is where we're at now, that's how we describe it. If that makes sense, I think that they used to do the same with a electrical. They used to say the body was made of electricity. They used to do something similar with aqueducts and water. Um, so I think I, I I don't believe that reality is what we see. I think there's a deeper mm. reality, but I don't necessarily know that it's an artificial reality. But it also might yeah. be. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, as well, we explored the possibility ourselves of um, ghosts actually being glitches in the matrix. Mm. So. Yeah bugs or slips in bad cold things like that that are um basically making us see things that are um kind of off kilter and so maybe mm. they're not maybe it could be a memory of someone in that space because that's where they usually frequent and the glitches kind of shown that there um yeah it's all like when you talk about glitches and when you talk about simulation theory it really does open the door for like basically anything and everything yeah. especially and, and as well it ties in really well with paranormal stuff it ties in really mm. well with cryptid stuff because it does i mean look it's probably more plausible that there would be cryptids if we were in a simulation right because whoever was simulating us would be like ah oh, yeah fuck it try and bigfoot there and see what happens mm. you know <laughs> see how many yeah. people see a bigfoot if we put them in that maybe we'll make a game out of it let's plank this guy down in the middle of the woods and see yeah. how many people actually report <laughs> it that kind of thing you know so if you were to do that um you know, you could explain a lot of that type of stuff if you're really sort of, um, sort of subscribed to the theory. Yeah, you know? I mean, I know the the most interesting. I mean, apart from all the the obvious, like you know, the, the banner headlines part about the simulation theory, which all are intriguing and mm. they do seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah, I remember watching someone do not a TED talk, but a similar thing, and it was the most like it was funny because it, I think it was done in a funny way, but it was um, but it was also kind of eye open. It was really good. It was like um. He said we've he was a very clever guy obviously mm. and he says something along the lines of uh, me and a team of uh, scientists have done the maths to figure out um the amount of compute com computational space that would be required to make this solar system uh simulation he said and da -da -da -da, done all this maths mm. and he said however for that to happen you would need a space within space that was devoid of anything that would measure this amount and he put the measurements up and then he went but that's the exact measurement of Boots Void. And it was like, no! Uh -oh. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a fascinating theory. Uh, yeah, really is. And I, I, I mean, anything that sort of... Because even you go back to, you know, the Plato's cave, the allegory yeah. of the cave. It's funny. It's like we've been trying to figure this stuff out since before Christ, like thousands of years before Christ. Um, yeah which is you know and like to your point was it before christ or did we invent him after christ by the time well, yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's a uh, yeah it's I, I i'm really fascinated but that's yeah that's 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 a pretty wild i wasn't aware of that what you just said there that's gonna upset my brain later I yeah i know it did for me that's anyway it's a really good on this it's not kind of well it is a bit paranormal mm -hmm. have you heard of a guy called colin wilson 
name rings a bell, but I think I feel like there's a lot of people called Colin Wilson. Yeah, so. I think there probably is. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he, uh, he wrote a book called The Occult in the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, right. And he didn't want to write it. He was, he was given it like by by his publishing house to write a book on it. And only as he was writing it did he, did he realize quite a lot of these things make sense and seem to the the the, the method of th- or the methodology of thinking in a lot of these situations seem to give really good sort of balance to mental clarity. Mm-hmm. And anyway, in in the writing of this, he came up with this idea, or he he embellished on from another person right. of the robot, and. He says the robot is, it, 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 this isn't paranormal, but it's a really interesting way of, of looking at perception. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, um, the robot is what does your breathing for you? He says, and he talks about like depression a lot and like snap, mm. how people can get themselves out of depression. Mm. And, you know, he's not like a guru or anything, oh. but he basically says like the robot does your breathing for you. The robot, he says, you need to watch what the robot's doing, basically. The autonomous right. actions that exactly, humans have. Yeah. Yeah, he, right. he, says, if you, he said, if you take a different route to work, to work that you'll never take again, mm. you, you know, you, you think, and you'll, you might walk down and be like, God, I've never noticed that. Look at the cherry blossoms yeah. there. What a lovely mm. walk. Let's smell that. Look at that corner yeah. there. So if you do it over and over, by the eighth time, the robot's doing it and you've lost all joy out of mm. the situation. That's true. Right, now, right, his, right. his kind of stance on this is that a lot of people are now starting to live 90% of their lives through the robot mm. and therefore they believe that life is that view um, oh. and then he gives examples of people like I mean obviously not condoning this at all oh. obviously but he talks mm. about a guy that he knew who tried Russian roulette for oh, example right. and he says it was on the clicking of uh, the empty barrel that he shook off the robot and he oh. realized how wonderful life was. He could see it with fresh mm. eyes. You know, like yeah. the, the birds were tweeting the smells and all this. And I don't know what, I love that sort of idea that we within ourselves have the power to nullify our brain to the point where we believe we live in a horrible existence. Yeah. You know, and that's mm. not me trying to say anything about depression. I know there's medical reasons for everything, but it's yeah. a, mm. it's an interesting point. No, certainly. And it, it, it's funny that you say that because I, I read a book before called You Are the Placebo. You Are the Placebo. I, I think his name mm. is joe desposito maybe i might be butchering that so but basically it's funny that you said that about taking a different route to work and you know the robot sort of uh adapting to it after a few times but the book is basically about trying to cure a chronic illness but with only using your mind and one Mm. of the main things they say is about taking different routes and new experiences because you're opening different parts of your brain um, and there's a whole guide, you know, to how people have cured themselves. And it's not it's not just kind of like stuff that I don't want to say it's easy to cure. But if you have anxiety yeah. or depression, that's very subjective. Whereas if you have some sort of physical condition, that's more yeah. measurable, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. one of, that was one of the big things in terms of overcoming some kind of cancers, uh, MS, etc. Was that one of the things he said was to take a different direction to work, take a direction you're not really sure is going to get you there and just like, you know, navigate it on the way and figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's meant to be really good. And again, that gets into a lot of this quantum and potential stuff and all, and all that. And it's more of a woo-woo, but yeah. with lots of data yeah. in it. So, you know, I wouldn't, like like yourself, I wouldn't say anything about anything. It's just, it's very interesting that that parlays over. And I, I don't know as well, if you've noticed this, because I'm noticing this in this conversation, we, we start by talking about ghosts and then you're talking about the simulation theory and then you're talking about you know various liminal spaces and spiritual yeah. stuff uh, and you know artificial intelligence stuff but it overlaps to such a great deal when yeah. you start to talk about it like i feel like you know i feel like 
like this is one of those conversations you could have deep into the next day you know what i mean yeah. like there's so much bountiful stuff there to just to just um think about that's funny. It's a good point actually because we've yeah. never at one point turned around here and said okay change in sack no mm. no yeah and it's well as well the robot thing it's funny because like i'd suffer from anxiety and stuff like that at times and you know mm. it's, it's much better now as i get older or whatever but there are certain times when it'll crop up and i find that that's in situations that i'm unfamiliar with yeah, so in yeah. a way for anxiety you're actually trying to reintroduce the robot yeah. because i that's yeah. what i used to say to myself is mm. once i get used to a route or or the, the, yeah, one of the, yeah. the more recent times I had like kind of anxiety was when I learned to drive. I learned to drive comparatively later in life. Mm. I was probably like 24, 25. And at the time I said, geez, I wish I had learned when I was younger. Um, and I found myself to be quite anxious behind the wheel. But I knew in my head at the time, I said, you just need to make this automatic. You need to just keep going and keep going. So yeah. that is like you're saying, you're using the robot. You're, mm. To your uh, advantage though. To your, to your advantage there yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. to the negative but I suppose it's about finding the balance and they do say as well travel broadens the mind maybe that's a yeah, lot yeah. to do with and, why it does yeah. <laughs> but even yeah think about that like you talk about balance and so like you need I think everything is good for you like a little mm-hmm. bit of anxiety because again you know I think anxiety is so many people have issues with that and depression the kind of the the sort of very human mental yeah things that you will have even if you never really suffer from anxiety or depression you will feel that way maybe mm. for a short times, amount yeah. yeah exactly yeah. but um it's as the buddha say like the balance like we need the robot we need anxiety yeah. we probably need depression just not chronic constant like the misery but yeah. You, yeah you need all these little things and as the buddha say finding the balance and walking mm. the path and that almost like the worst thing you can do is to figure it out yeah. you know like like yeah. w- as we said they've been talking about these concepts plato's allegory of the cave we're talking about it with the simulation theory and ghosts and i don't i think i to you and again unless we get technology that actually shows i think we still won't know what it is we'll just have a thing that shows it does that make <laughs> just sense have a picture of it yeah we'll be like there's definitely a thing but i have no idea what it yeah. is <laughs> yeah. no it is this mad man it really is and and it's I mean, I think trying to find that balance is very important, like you were saying. Um, a little bit of everything is healthy. I mean, when you mm. think back in our history, like it wasn't long ago that we were totally different in how we practiced and lived our lives. Like, mm. As a matter of fact, I think most people probably should be more anxious than what they are. It's like <laughs> yeah. our scenarios are, are like what we're surrounded by is so crazy mm. that I think it's actually a very, very human oh, yeah. uh, emotion sense to feel because like really when you think about uh, ultimately we're animals and 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 mm. you know for a long time we were kind of harmonious in some sort of way and now we're like in sort of, you know we're in high flying cars we're in planes and blah 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 mm. but i think yeah i think the robot goes away sometimes and you go into like anxiety mode and i think it's only natural it's about oh, like I you said trying totally to find natural, the balance yeah. and um, yeah and even out. part of that as well i think and all of this it's it's just that's the journey isn't it mm-hmm. you know you don't it's almost like you don't want to arrive at the place without going through the you know the periods of, of yep. difficulty it's almost yep. like they're yeah. it's a, someone described it really well to me once when they said you know when you see a beautiful um like horizon say there's a beach palm mm. trees coconuts it's like your sort of obvious scenic beautiful image mm-hmm. and then they say but then you see a volcano and it's spewing magma up and that's beautiful as well 
but yeah. that's a different yeah. kind of beauty. And so they it was a way to kind of make you rethink, you know, when you're going through a difficult time, it's like, oh, well, this is actually see, yeah. a beautiful thing as well. This is just as beautiful yeah. as the other thing. It's just it feels the feeling is not as nice. Like if you get too close to that volcano, it's not beautiful anymore, but from a distance. And it was almost like all this stuff is beautiful. It's just don't latch on to it. Let it move. It's like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. I'm a, di- awesome. I'm, a di- I'm a dinosaur nerd. I love dinosaurs. <laughs> Would you want to go on a time machine and just end up in like say next to a T Rex or something? No, he's going to shred the shit out of you. You look at him for like five minutes and be like, oh well, five seconds and be like, oh yeah, this guy's really cool. And then you're shredded to bits. You know, so nature. It's the same as we watch nature documentaries. If we were out in the Serengeti or something like that, well, it wouldn't be beautiful to us there. I mean, mm. obviously, if you're observing it from a, a jeep or. Uh, a lookout post or something like that yeah happy days but if you're being chased down by a lion or a pride of lions or something like right. that are, 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 are yeah. we officially after going into the wild territory of this podcast that started yeah, yeah. with ghosts we'll, we'll start talking about like whatever <laughs> the next really time. wild show <laughs> yeah. we'll be the wild boys but yeah no you're right Emma. that's it's time for the curtain call before we talk about some well God-awful. i would i would because i know kev you told us that uh that tulpa story which mm. honestly, it's not sitting well. I have a mirror in front of me, but it's slightly <laughs> raised. So when I stand up, I'm just gonna see that eyeless ghoul behind me. Just and behind I, you, yeah. I can not. feel it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting little, <laughs> literally goose pimples now. Um, but there was another one as well that you said really stood out to you. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There was a. There's this one that a woman sent in about. She used to go. She used to go hiking. She had an argument with a boyfriend. She went on this run around a lake somewhere in the states. Mm. Um can't remember the name of the lake let's say it was called lake um I, it was an indian word so i don't want to you know yeah. right. for the yeah, feds. Yeah. so let's say it was called lake blue for example right. um so she was going around this lake and she parked a car she knew it was a two-hour run to get around this lake and she gets halfway around and the birds stop singing and it gets deathly silent so she yeah. stops and she's looking around and she looks across the lake and she can see her car um on the other side of the lake and she's like right well that figures that's about right so she keeps jogging for about another hour and she's like i should be back at the car now and she looks at a, at a watch and two hours have passed and she stops and looks over the lake and her car's still at the other side of the lake oh, and she's like i took a wrong turn here I'm, i must have come back on myself so she tries to get away from that path to another path and ends up in this like clearing in the woods and she stops because she can't see it. it's like the bushes have all closed in around her and she's looking around to see how she got through. And her heart starts going up because she's thinking, something's not right here. Mm. Then she hears a scream and something runs from behind. Oh. And she turns around and doesn't see anything, but she hits the deck. Um, and she's kind of knocked out a bit. And she wakes up and she's all disorientated. And she's looking around and she's like, I don't know where I am. It's now dark. Mm. And she's like, I'm... I don't look sort of what nine hours have passed or something. She got no signal on her phone. She walks down just like it's because a torch is on her phone. She walks down to this like clearing, finds the path again and can make out across the lake. Her car is still there. So she's like, I don't know what to do. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I think I'll swim. I'll swim across the lake. Um, And just as she's about to, she hears a rustling in the bush behind her and she turns around and what she reckons was a skeleton runs at her. Right, what? exactly. Yeah, so it's she in the corner of her eye, it looked like a skeleton. She doesn't right. see it properly, but she just makes up what she thinks is a skeleton run towards her. It knocks her to the ground again. She wakes up and it's the next morning. Oh, and she's a, a watch is now saying it's like you know, it's been like 18 hours or something now. Oh, 
Mm. And she's really, she's dehydrated. She's knackered. And she just starts walking back the way she came. Anyway, she finds a car and she's like, I don't know what's happened there. This was being horrible. She gets home. Um, but the one thing that stuck in her mind was not necessarily about the skeleton or let's carry on. It was the, the overwhelming desire she had just to get, to get out of there was mm. to, because she couldn't get back to a car. It was always at the same distance across the lake. Mm. The only thing she, she thought she could do was swim across the lake. Right. And that, she kept thinking the only way I'm getting to the car is to swim. She said, that was the overriding thought she had okay. in her head. Mm. Um, anyway, she gets back and she does some Googling on that site. Now this Indian word that I'm saying is blue. It's not blue, mm. right. but it was called Lake whatever. Um, the translation of that word is drowning lake. Oh, because there's a history of the lake that it will make you think the only way you can get out is by swimming across it but oh. the side never comes apparently when you're swimming across it oh my god and so she thinks that the the skeleton thing that she's seen was actually a saving entity of some oh, some sort who yeah. was trying to say like don't swim what are you doing um but it, yeah it's mad the way it translated oh, as drowning like Eamon yeah. would love that lake because he loves drowning. Like Eamon, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like a record thing. Eamon goes swimming and he nearly drowns, so we must enter to that lake. I, I don't have enough respect for the ocean. And so I'm always <laughs> like, I just keep going in. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I got this. And then I'm like, I'm slowly being swept out into the ocean, <laughs> like the, the vastness yeah. of sea now. So it's, But yeah, I've gotten myself into several... Um, I don't know, pernicious situations. <laughs> it's, it's become a thing on the podcast where, but accidentally, just over the duration of our lifespan on the podcast here, where Eamon will tell a story about his weekend or something, and it's like, I'm like, how many times have you nearly drowned now on this mm. podcast? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's happening a lot. And, to and, me and at the moment, we're doing, a, we're doing episodes on the Bermuda Triangle, so Rob is really, <laughs> yeah. he's really bringing that Eamon drowning oh, energy am, yeah. in at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yeah. So, so that was great. Jeez, Kev, I'd say we could uh, do about eight more episodes. Those stories are so stuff. good, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Jen. It's been an absolute ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, um, do you have anything that you'd like to plug before we get nah. out of here? No, your pods are, we need to talk about ghosts. Oh, we need to talk about ghosts in the dark paranormal. Dark paranormal is a lot more straighter than how I sound now. Um, right. But that's, you know. Yeah. Well, man, even, even sort of, even you know shooting the breeze and having the crack you you've left me with two stories i feel heebie-jeebied so uh <laughs> I, i'm definitely going to be checking out the, the straight scary story you know uh, the straight scary podcast for sure because yeah. i think a lot of our listeners will be into that as well yeah oh very good very and good. uh likewise guys if you are on kev's feed we are monster fuzz check us out as well yeah and we'll have a spooky parody all of us um, definitely yes we will have a spooky party no thanks genuinely thanks for having me on that as i say i've um you slipped off my radar when I've swapped phones, and um, mm. when you reached out, I was like, "I know this show." So, um, <laughs> yeah, anyone who's listening on my feed now, guys, um, make sure you go and subscribe immediately. Yeah, there you hmm. go. You heard it here, guys. Right, let's get out of here, folks. Yeah.